Definitely one of the strangest uh, Sunday morning services I've ever had. I'm sitting in our sanctuary, uh, and it's absolutely empty other than one of my friends here uh, who's kind of just came along for the ride. Even my media team are operating all of this uh, via uh, some, they're not even in the booth. <laughs> they're at home. They're, they're experiencing social distancing for sure. And I appreciate them. And I appreciate you this morning. These are some unusual times. But I want to promise you something today uh, that God's not shocked about what's going on. Uh, in fact, I want to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, and I just thank God that in the middle of the uncertainties of life, the question marks of life, He lives right here within me. Uh, and I, I know Him by name. And so I'm, I, I feel great confidence in what God is doing in my life and even in our church today. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Uh, and we don't know how long this is going to take. You know, I'm trusting. Let me tell you what I'm believing God for. I'm believing, uh, worst case scenario, that on Easter Sunday, the ban has been lifted uh, where we can all come back together. I think it's April 12th. I'm not sure. April 12th is Easter Sunday. Wouldn't it be awesome if churches all over America on Easter Sunday could open their doors and, and the house of God all across America and, and around the world is packed with people who are desperate to get a fresh word from God, desperate to hear God's word in their life, desperate to be born again. That's what I'm believing for, that Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, in just a few weeks will be one of the greatest harvests America has ever seen. That's what I'm trusting God for today. Uh, and so let's believe God together. Now, I want to ask you to do something right now. Right there in the comfort of your own home, you can be an evangelist. That's absolutely true. Uh, let me tell you how you do it. Uh, you get on the, get your phone out. I've got mine right here. Get your phone out right now. Think of somebody who may not be a part of church. Think of somebody who's isolated in their home and they need a word from God. Think of somebody uh, who you know needs Christ. And right now, do it right now, text them www.cotrnorth.com and tell them, my church is live streaming. I'd love for you to join me for church today. Tell them you can stay in your pajamas uh, and, and drink coffee, whatever you want to do. But you can be an evangelist. Go ahead, do it. I know some of you thought, eh, maybe not. Get your phone right now. WWW, text somebody, find somebody. You know somebody dropped in your heart right now. They need to hear the word of the Lord. And I believe today they're going to hear a message uh, that's going to change their life. So be an evangelist. We're going to talk about that even today. But you can start right now uh, reaching out to friends and family, texting them that website. Then go to the website, and as you probably already have done, you click the live stream link. And there they are. So uh, get them, have them jump on board with us. It's going to be a great day. Churches all over America are doing exactly what I'm doing. We've had to recalibrate the way we think about church. But here's what I want you to know. Our message has not changed. Our mission has not changed. But our methodologies have had to flex. And so we've got a vision to reach the world, reach our communities We've just had to be creative with our methodology. And here's a very unique methodology today, live streaming to you. And so who, who would have thunk it that we would be like this today? Who would have thought that I'm sitting here in an empty sanctuary, an empty sound booth? I got one friend here, Mike Weaver from Tennessee. He's here cheering me on today. He's going to take up the offering today. <laughs> In fact, Oh, now that you mention it, I have my offering. I want to encourage you, especially, hey, even if you're a member of another church, hey, in these uncertain times, don't be uncertain with God concerning your faithfulness to Him. He said, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord, see if I'll not open the windows of heaven, 
And I want to tell you something. The windows of heaven are not bankrupt. The windows of heaven are not in the negative. He said, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing so much so that you cannot contain it. I'll take those promises any day of the week. Come on now, somebody say amen somewhere in this house. If you're Facebook Live, you can give me a little like, a a fist bump, whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you, keep trusting God with your finances. I may be talking to people who have lost their jobs. I may be talking to people who have been laid off. I may be talking to people who who are not sure they're going to be able to pay their uh, rent payment or whatever. Understand something today. You can trust the promise of God even in uncertain times. And so have faith, trust God. You can give to our church. You can send your tithe in by the mail, or you can go to our website that I just gave you, and there's a neat little button there somewhere that says Donate Now. It goes straight into our PayPal account. I'm trusting God today for you. I'm trusting God. In fact, if you have your tithe, wherever you are, I'll take up the offering. I've got mine right here. Hey, Beverly and I, over the course of our life, we just said we're not going to be God robbers. We're not going to rob God. We're going to trust him. And you know what? He's never forsaken us. The Bible says he's never let his children beg for bread. And so uh, we're blessed. And so take your tithe. If you're there with your family, with your children, let's just pray together. And you tell your children, tell them, kids, we give to God because he asked us to sow a seed and it all belongs to him. Uh, and so let's pray together. Let's, I'm going to pray for you today. I'm going to pray that God would bless you financially, give you more seed to sow, and you can trust God. And let's, hey, let's just, let's just honor the Lord. He said, honor the Lord with the first fruits. So, Father, today, I take my tithe today, and I trust you. And, Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that though there's question marks and there's uncertain times, Lord, your word is ever sure. Your word is true and righteous altogether. And I trust you not only uh, with my physical food and, 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 and the, the necessities of life, Lord, and my, the, the healing in my body. I trust you with my finances, Lord. We trust you. Our church trusts you. And, Lord, we just thank you that, Lord God, you're going to take good care of us as we sow our seed and trust you and believe you today for your faithful financial investment in us. We're going to keep sowing and giving and and allowing you to have your way in our lives in every area. In Jesus' name, and everybody all over, wherever you are today, said amen. Well, there you go. This morning, listen, I, I prayed about today, and you know what? God is always on time. A few weeks ago, we started a series. It's called Last Minute Lessons from the Last Week of the Life of Christ. Last Minute Lessons from the Last Week of the Life of Christ. Uh, and so we're, this is actually part three. And so, uh, yeah, part three. Uh, and, I, and I thought, should I, should I diverge from that? Should I move away from that? I think God is right on time. I want to encourage you, in fact, as we get close to Easter, to go to the Gospels and read through all of them. There's, there's, they all have a, a record of the last week of the life of Christ, beginning with Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Read through those because they all end on a very high note. And that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm all, I almost can't wait for Resurrection Sunday. So we've been looking at this last week of the life of Christ. And, and Jesus has an, a number of audiences. He, he talks to the scribes and Pharisees. And by the way, he's, he's pretty stout with them. But there are times when he's right with his disciples and he knows this is his last week before his death, burial, and resurrection And he teaches them some last-minute lessons for all of us to embrace in our life. And so I want to encourage you to read through those things and just just ask God to speak to you. What would he have to say to you personally? You know, many of us have a lot more time at home. That gives us more time to just delve into the Word of God. Let me just tell you, this is the living, active Word of God. And as you read the Bible, listen... As you read the Bible and ask the Spirit of God to speak to you, as you open your heart, He speaks to us 
through His Word. Paul said all Scripture is given by inspiration from God. It means it's, the Greek is theonoustos, breathed out of the nostrils of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for training, for correction, uh, so the man and woman of God might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So, hey, don't just, don't just keep your nose in Facebook, Facebook or Netflix or whatever. <laughs> Let's get into the Word of God. In fact, I think our children's ministry team has emailed all our kids some, <coughs> pardon me, some information to help them keep growing in Christ even while we're all at home, having church at home. So there you go. Get plugged into the Word of God. He will speak to you. So last-minute lessons from the life of Christ. We began this with a lesson I won't get into, but it's, it's the lesson of the unfri- oh, pardon me, the lesson of faithful forever friendships. Oh, I wish I could go back and preach that. Jesus began his week, even prior to the first week, hanging out with some best friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, in, in Bethany, right there close to the Mount of Olives, right there close to the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, and he, he, he hung out with best friends. Man, we all need friends, especially in these last days. Uh, when, when there's question marks, we need good friends in our life. One of, one of the fourfold purposes that I operate in, in in these, I don't know if it's the latter years of my life. Maybe I'm in the third quarter. I hope I'm just in the third quarter. One of them is spend as much time with family and friends as possible. I've got a dear friend here this morning who came. We've been together all week. That's so important for us to have. So we talked about that. And then last Sunday, we talked about lessons from the unfruitful fig tree. If you remember Jesus, uh, he cursed the fig tree. I don't have time to go into that. Uh, but there's some great lessons there for all of us. And so now we're into day three of the last week of the life of Christ. And I want to talk to you. And this is going to take me a couple of Sundays. I want to talk to you about lessons about future things. God knows the future. He calls it for us the last days, but it's not the last days for us. It's the last days of of God's plan unfolding on planet earth. Now, interesting thing about the disciples, you can turn to, in fact, uh, these lessons of future things, three of the four gospels address this in Matthew 24 and 25. In fact, if you want to turn to Matthew 24, you can and kind of Hope that I'm going to go back to that. And then Mark 13 and then Luke 21. They're all the same uh, 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 descriptive of, of Jesus and talking to his disciples about the last days. They all have a little different slant. We're going to focus primarily from Matthew 24. He seemed to be more detailed, but we will delve into Mark uh, 13 some. But here's the, here's the story. The disciples, they didn't get it. They were still thinking about an earthly kingdom. Though he had told them he was going to die and, be, and rise again, they didn't quite get it. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But here they are. They're back in town, and, and, they're, and Je- I think Jesus has cleansed the temple by now. And so now the disciples are saying, because they're thinking Jesus is going to set up residence in that temple and become the Lord of the universe right there from Jerusalem. He will one day. He will rule and reign. I'm not a big eschatology guy, but according to my word, he's going to come back and rule and reign in the millennial reign. And then the disciples will go, okay, we thought that, but we just got our timing off a little bit. But they said, look at all these beautiful buildings, Jesus. Isn't this amazing? And he, he popped their bubble. He said, you know what? Uh, all this stuff you see this temple... It's going to fall. Not one stone will be left on another. And I'm telling you, it rocked their world. It really did. That, their plan, their, their, their idea of how things were going to pan out. Things that, what do you mean? We've got this plan in our minds and in, in, our, in our hearts that you're going to rule and reign and we're going to be right here on your left and right and all around. It's going to be glorious. He said, no, this, this temple's coming down. And it shook, it rocked their world. And they began to ask him questions. When's it going to happen? What's the sign? And some of us are looking, you know, oh man, uh, this pandemic, uh, you know, the Bible, he, in fact, he said, in the last days, there'll be pestilences and earthquakes and lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Hey, we're living in the last days. We shouldn't be shocked or surprised that 
things happen that have never happened before. Uh, and as the Scripture says, uh, when God was leading the disciples, pardon me, leading the children of Israel in the promise of promised land, he told Joshua, hey, you've never been this way before. Uh, I've never been this way before. I've never preached to an empty audience. I've never preached. I've preached to an audience of one, but not on Sunday morning in my own sanctuary. This is mind-boggling. But hey, we're living in the last days. So with that in mind, here we go. Are you ready? If you're ready, get, you have your Bible out. I want to walk you through some things today. In fact, you know what? I don't think I've even prayed this. Let's pray. Let's ask. I prayed for the offering. Let's pray the Word of God would open up in our heart. Come on, take somebody's hand there in your home, wherever you are. Take my hand in faith if you're by yourself. Let's agree together. Father, today, I thank you that as we uh, are here today and as this live stream is being broadcast literally around the world, I agree together with my church family, with friends and family who may be watching and other strangers who may have just slipped in here to be with us today. I pray you'd speak to us, and as believers, I pray you would prepare us to be what you want us to be in these last days. And Lord, if there's anyone here that is watching or will watch later who, is, who, who are just, no, I'm lost, I'm going to hell, I, I need Jesus in my heart, I pray today you would lead them to you, and they would call out to you and trust in your death, burial, and resurrection, and just say, Jesus, I give my life to you, come into my heart. I believe you died for me and rose again so I could have a new life too. Lord, allow them to be born again in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. So here we go. Here we are at the beginning of Jesus' dissertation, if you will, to his disciples. And he begins to teach them some things. One of the first things he says, he says it in all three of these uh, gospels, in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke uh, 21. When they ask him these questions, uh, when they, they said... When will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming? What will be the sign of the end of the age? And Jesus said this phrase, listen carefully. He said, take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed that no one deceives you. So, hey, uh, last day's directive number one, be discerning. Discerning means to be uh, in tune with God's plan, to hear and know what the truth is about your life. Don't be uh, uh, swayed. In fact, uh, the Scripture talks about having a spirit of discernment. How many, you know, I kind of have that I, in, in my spiritual life. It, it, in some ways, it's a gift. But for all of us, we've got to be wise about what's going on in our world. Because when you look, he said, he said, take heed that no one deceives you. Catch this about the last days. You need to catch this. And I've seen this over the years, and it'll just get worse and worse. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. He said, man, deception's going to be rampant across our land and around the world. He goes on to say in verse 5, or well, I already read that, for many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ. And then in verse 11, look what he, he hits it again. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. He goes down to it again in verse 23. And if anyone says to you, look here is the Christ or there, don't believe it. <laughs> don't believe it. If somebody comes and says, I'm the Christ, you don't have to believe it. Just don't believe it. He said, don't believe it. For false Christ and false prophets, warning, warning, come on now, false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive if possible, even the elect. And then he says, see, I told you this before. But he said, in the last days, deception will abound. So we've got to be discerning. The scripture teaches us, if you want to, hey, you want to go to the Bible? Let's go. Here we go. You're in Matthew 24. Hold your place. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Let me show you this. Paul the apostle hits this, and you and I need to embrace it uh, in our life as well. Paul says this in Ephesians 4.11. Uh, he says, he talks about the fivefold ministry. Uh, he says, for, he says, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers 
for the equipping of the saints. That's my job. That's what I'm doing right now. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So there's a ministry for us for the edifying of the body of Christ, the building up of the body of Christ. And then he says, till we all come to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we get fully mature that we shouldn't... Here it is. We're talking about deception. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. (coughs) Pardon me. By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him uh, who is the head, Christ. He said, it's time to grow up. Spiritually, we grow up. We, we plug into the ministry of God for our life, the church family that God has led us to, and we, we yield ourselves to the word of God, and we begin to grow spiritually. We connect. Did you know we're better together? Give some, tell somebody, we're better together. We're better together because together, uh, many hands make a light load. And hey, we are connected to one another. Don't disconnect from the family of faith. Don't let uh, 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 coronavirus uh, uh, disconnect you from your church family. It's time to plug in more than ever before. Yes, we can practice social distancing, but we don't distance ourselves personally. And he said, and, and in the middle of all this, don't listen to the deception of this world. We've got to be discerning. Look over, take, a, take another right. Second Timothy. Let's go. Second Timothy. Help me out. I'll find it here in a minute. Second Timothy. The Bible says this concerning all of us and concerning the, uh, the responsibility we have as a church family. I'll get there in a moment. I got a lot of scripture. Hopefully they're showing it to you this morning. Second Timothy chapter three. The verse one, he's talking about the last days. But know this, that in the last days, somebody say last days. In the last days, perilous times. Somebody say perilous times. Perilous times will come. And then he begins to talk about all the peril that's in the land and, and ungodliness and unforgiveness and People who are disobedient and unthankful and unholy, perilous times will come. But look in verse 13. He says this, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's a sign of the last days. That's one of the perils that you and I have to walk through. That's why we've got to, we can't be deceived. In fact, that word deceiving means to cause to stray from safety and truth. Could I tell you today, this morning when I was praying, I just realized something in my heart. I sensed the Spirit of God come upon me, and I came to tell you this. Some of you have already drank the Kool-Aid. You've already begun to stray away from safety and truth. Let me tell you, where safety and truth. Then the multitude of counselors, there's safety, but here's the truth. Jesus said, my word is truth. And he told the Ephesians, and he told Peter, pardon me, Timothy here, listen, you can in these last days stray away from the truth. You've got to plug in and, and, and you've got to connect and you've got to yield yourself to the will of God again. If you're straying from God today, this is a bad time to consider doing that. It's a bad time. There's never a good time to stray from God. But listen, we're living in the last days. And I want to encourage you to wake up. Let the discernment arise in you and realize there's evil people that have, have, have come against me. The spirit of darkness has come to, to, to cause me to stray from God. You're in the process of being deceived by the devil. Some of you may be listening to me thinking, oh, who is this wacko? I'm telling you, the spirit of God is, has somehow left my lips, slipped through the camera into the internet and speaking to you right wherever you are. Don't let the deception of the enemy rob you from his plan for your life. So last day's directives for all of us, be discerning. Follow after the Spirit of God and the Word of God in your life. Don't let the enemy cause you to stray from God. And more importantly, as just importantly, stray from the church of God. Man, when these doors are back open, 
you need to be here if you're in town, if you're anywhere around, and if, you're, if you've got a church or somebody you connect with in another part of the town or this state or around the world, get to the house of God, for goodness sake. Mike, give me an amen. I got one amen. Or there we go. I got one amen. And so we've got to be discerning. That's what Jesus said. You go back to Matthew 24. He said, they're all concerned. They're all shook up. They're all scared. I'm all shook up. They were shook up bad about the fact that Jesus uh, had just rocked their world. And he said, this, you're t- telling me things. They're not turning out the way I thought they were going to turn out. And he said, you take heed that nobody deceives you in these last days. So be discerning. Number two, equally as important, all of these are huge. Not only be discerning, but be fearless. Everybody say fearless. Be fearless. Go back to Matthew 24. Are you there? He said, many will come in my name, verse 5, saying, I'm the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Then this next statement, it ought to explode off the page. You want God to speak to you? You read this. You listen to this. See that you are not troubled. Just see all that a moment. I'll take a drink while you think about it. Jesus said, the next first thing he said, don't be deceived and don't be troubled. As Christians, we can't let trouble trouble us. You can't let trouble trouble you. He just said, hey, he said disciples. He's talking to his disciples. They came to him uh, uh, in secret in a sense. There's not, the, the religious people are gone. They're hanging out at the Mount of Olives. And these disciples have been mulling this thing about the destruction of Jerusalem over. They want answers. My, we need answers about all this. He said, don't be deceived and don't be troubled. Yes, it's not going to turn out the way you thought. But listen, it's going to turn out the way God planned. God has a plan, and we can't be troubled. Listen, in troubling times, and these are troubling times, I'm telling you, churches began to scramble, think, what are we going to do? Are we going to have church? Are we not going to have church? Are we going to obey the presidential request? And by the way, hey, listen, uh, you know, I trust the Word of God. I trust the promises of God. I don't believe any evil's coming or pestilence coming near my dwelling. I, I believe Psalm 91. Somebody say amen. I trust that. I believe that. But my president asked us not to have church. And so I'm honoring him. I believe he has our best interests at heart and he loves America. I don't even think he's a politician. Uh, but, but he asked us uh, to, to do what we're doing today. And I'm, uh, hey, my, my hat's off. And so when, however long this takes, I'm not going to let it trouble me. He said, see to it that you were not troubled. In fact, I got to tell you something. Jesus prompt, how many of you love the promises of God? Whew, thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know, I'm trusting, standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let His praises ring. I mean, I'm standing on the promises. I trust the promises of God. But Jesus in John 16, He said, let me give you a promise. He said this. He said, in the world, that's where we're at. In the world, you will have tribulation." The word tribulation means trouble. Hello, trouble. Hey, we got trouble. It's troubling. Some of you got a pickup load of toilet paper. You're not trouble. <laughs> Some of you are trouble because you don't have any. In fact, one of my preachers, I can't tell you what he said. He, he, uh, this morning on Facebook, I said, I can't believe you put that on Facebook. But I, I'm telling you, we get troubled about such strange, unusual things. We cannot let trouble trouble us. Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have trouble. In fact, I, I, I said this years ago. You can write this down. It's not in your notes for sure. It, trouble is not optional. Being troubled is. Jesus promised that we're going to have trouble. Tell somebody, tell your kids, tell your wife, tell somebody there with you. If you're in, I don't even think you're in, they won't let you in Starbucks. You just tell them, trouble's not optional, but being troubled is. You have a choice of whether you're going to let trouble trouble you. That's what Jesus said. See to it. We're living in the last days. Uh, Just, hey, don't be deceived and don't be troubled. Amen. Trouble's not optional. Embrace that promise. But I'm not going to be troubled. He said, see to it that you're not troubled. He said, trouble, uh, hey, he said, in fact, this is what I love. He said, but be of good cheer. 
Ha, ha, ha. Somebody smile. Somebody smile. Look around in your room, see if people are smiling. Uh, he, said, he said, in the world you're going to have tribulation, but hey, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Are you with me? Say amen. And so we've got the victor living on the inside of us. There's a champion living on the inside of us. His name is Jesus. And so that's what he told his disciples. He's there with them. Their world was all shook up. The question marks of life were just, were just exploding through. They were nervous. They were panicked. Be discerning. Be fearless. I'm not going to fear. Tell some, tell, let's all say it, say it wherever you are. We're not going to fear. I'm, I fear not. Whoo. Amen. Number three, here we go. I'll move along. I'm enjoying the fact that I'm, I, I just can hang out with you as long as I want here today. Number three, the, the third last day's directive for all disciples. Number one, be discerning. Number two, be fearless. Number three, be persevering. Say persevering with me. We're in Matthew 24. Look over in verse 12 and 13. Now, I'm going to read something to you that might scare you a little bit. Don't be scared. We already talked about being, about not fearing this morning. But I want you to look in Matthew 24, 12. He says this, because lawlessness, lawlessness will abound. He's talking about the last days. Lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. We talked about people being deceived. That's what he's referencing. And then verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. That kind of shook me up in early days because I thought, I thought I was saved and that I didn't have to work for my salvation. I thought I didn't have to, uh, uh, I, I didn't think I could lose my salvation. Number word, this, number one, pardon me, this word saved is not a reference to being born again. He's talking to his disciples who who have yielded to his lordship to the best of their ability in their life. And he says, he says, he who endures, somebody say endures. That word endures, it means perseveres. We've got to be persevering. He who doesn't let the, the negative influences of life, the, the, the lions and tigers and bears and the fears and the doubts and the deception of this life, uh, knock them off course. He who endures, who, who, who holds the course will be saved. Now that word saved, now catch this. It's not about your eternal security. It's about God's protection over your life. This is what he's saying. In the last, he's telling his disciples, guys, 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 don't be troubled. If you just endure through this process, I'll protect you. I'll deliver you. And I love that. I love this. This works for us today. We'll be healed and made whole. Amen. I'm begging for an amen. Now, I wish Patsy was here. She's my amener. Patsy, if you're at home, you, you, Give Andy this and say, amen, there you go. I'm telling you, he's going to protect us. He's going to keep us safe. He's going to keep us secure. He's going to heal us, deliver us, protect us. I'm taking that right now in Jesus' name. So listen, you got to be discerning. Deception is everywhere. you got to be fearless in the face of all of this and say, I'm not going to be troubled. I'm not going to let this trouble trouble me. And you got to say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to lose heart. I'm going to endure through this. God is going to protect me. He's going to take care of me. He's going to deliver me. He's going to heal me and make me whole. Somebody say amen. My goodness gracious, I'm getting, I'm going to have to throw this. Woo, thank you, Jesus. I love what Hebrews says. Verse, chapter 10, verse 36. For you, I'm talking to you now. The scripture's talking to you. Hey, if you don't think God speaks, you listen to this. He's speaking to you right through me, right through the word of God. For you, verse 36, Hebrews 10, for you have need of endurance. That means perseverance. So that after you have done the will of God, listen carefully. There's a will of God for us to accomplish. Hey, the will of God has not been put on hold. The plan of God has not been put on hold or been uh, uh, lost in all of this pandemic. God, pandemic, God has a plan for you. He's got a will of God for you and me to accomplish. And I'm not going to let this thing knock me off the will of God. In fact, I got an announcement to make. You may not know this. Anybody knows me, you know, we oversee a ministry called Agua Resources and we take teams into Mexico and we drill fresh water 
uh, wells in Mexico. And, and, you know, mission, I've got a friend of mine got stuck in, I think, Honda, no, Guatemala. Uh, and so missions work has, has been put on halt in a lot of ways because uh, we can't go. We can't go into countries that are, uh, f- uh, you know, flight uh, restrictions, so on and so forth. But, and you know what? I'm not in Mexico. I don't have one team member uh, from America in Mexico. But tomorrow morning, our Mexican drill team will be hard at it, bringing fresh water to the people of Mexico. Hey, God still has a plan. We hadn't put Agua Resources on hold. We hadn't put Church on the Rock North on hold. We hadn't put the will of God. There's a will of God for all of us. Come on now, say amen. So after you've done the will of God, now catch this, you may receive the promise. In all of this, there's promises. The Bible says God's promises are yes and amen. So we've got to be persevering. Don't, get, don't, get, don't give up on God and his will and plan for your life. Don't try to undermine God's will in all of this by reacting to the circumstances. We've got to be discerning. We've got to be fearless. We've got to be persevering. Amen. We have need of endurance. Today, when we close, I'm telling you, when we close, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray that God would help us be discerning, help us stand strong in faith and be fearless, help us persevere through this and come out on the other side. Listen, I believe we're going to come out on the other side of this, and the church is going to, I believe people will flood into our buildings and realize, my Lord, I didn't know what I, I had until I couldn't have it anymore. Listen, I'm speaking to somebody today. You have rejected the family of faith, and the will of God for your life, it's time to come home to the will of God for your life. Whoo! Come on now. Hey, number four. The fourth last day's directive for all of us is not only be discerning and be fearless and be persevering, but here we go. I already mentioned it to you. Be evangelistic evangelistic. Hey, listen, I, I, I was not a great evangelist yesterday, but I did take uh, this uh, uh, be of good cheer thing. My friend and I, Mike, we drove through Whataburger yesterday morning. A little, I mean, they were, they were jammed. Uh, but uh, I got to the window and a little smiling helper lady gal there, uh, she said, she said, I said, how are you doing? She said, good. How are you doing? I said, man, I'm so good. I, 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 it's just great in my life. I just said, tried to exude the, the joy of the Lord. In fact, I said, it's so good. I might need to be twins so I can just spread all the love around. And she just giggled at me. I'm telling you, hey, we got to be persevering and we've got to be evangelistic. Look at Matthew 24, verse 14. After he said, he who endures to the end shall be saved. And I love this. This is not a request. This is awesome. Verse 14. And this gospel, who? This gospel of the kingdom. He says, will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And they want to know when the end will come. He said, and then the end will come. You see, God's plan, his will has always been for the whole world to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the whole world to have an opportunity to be born again. And we know from a personal experience that God wants us to be his hands extended to the world around us. Listen, now's not the time to shutter your spiritual doors and shutter your spiritual relationships. Get on the phone, FaceTime, Facebook, whatever you need to do, social media. Some of you, you think, I can't do that. Hey, listen, this may be our only methodology and our only opportunity right now. Be evangelistic. As I said earlier, reach out and just tell, you know, people who need prayer, one of the best evangelistic tools, call them up, say, how you doing? And you know what? People who are not doing good, they either lie or tell the truth. But when they lie, you can pretty much tell they're lying. They need you to pray for them. How you doing? Come on, tell me how you doing. Well, if the truth be told, okay, tell the truth. Let's pray together. You pray for them. And you just, and then share the gospel with them. You know, you can be born again. Be evangelistic. Hey, let me show you something. I love this. Go back to 2 Timothy. I nearly didn't find it. I thought for a minute ago somebody had taken it out of my Bible. I got it now. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Chapter 3, as I said earlier, he's addressing the last days and perilous times. Chapter 3, verse 1. 
And then he gets to chapter 4. It's his last letter to his son in the faith who was taking the baton of leadership. And he said to Timothy, I charge you. That's a big word. I charge you. I implore you. Therefore. Now, when you see, if you were here, if my church family were here, they could answer this question. When you see a therefore, you got to look back and see what the therefore is there for. Because he's talking about something he just said. And so he, he just talking about the last days and, and, and all the trouble and trauma, perilous times will come and evil. Uh, but then he talks to some positive things. All scriptures given by inspiration from God, profitable for doctrine, blah, blah, on and on and on. But then he just focuses, he zeroes in, he laser pinpoints. So Timothy in this letter, he said, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead. I bet Timothy's shaking in his spiritual boots. At his appearing in his kingdom. And then he says it. My Bible has an exclamation point. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Now catch this. He's talking about the last days. What's he saying? Don't let the last days shut your mouth. It's time to open our mouth. He said, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap upon themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. To fables. Now listen to this. But you, he said, this is what they're going to do. But you, me, I'm talking to me. I'm talking to you. Mike, I'm talking to you. Uh, Beverly, I'm talking to you. Josh and Laura, my family, whoever watch I'm talking to you listen he said but you be watchful in all things endure afflictions do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry who my lord that's what we do in the last days we can't hide our head in the sand we can't woe is me our way into eternity We've got to open our mouth and share the good news, the gospel. In the last days, people's lives are in the balance, eternal. We don't know. Jesus. We don't know when Jesus might come. And so we've got to be busy about the work of the ministry, and it has everything to do with lost people being born again. Come on now. That's God's will for our lives. So we've got to be discerning in these last days. False prophets and teachers and deception. We've got to be fearless. We can't let trouble trouble us. We've got to persevere. We've got to endure through this so God can, can protect us and help us and deliver us and get us to the end of our lives and the end of this story with a well done, now good and faithful servant. And then finally, listen carefully, we've got to not only be evangelistic, but we've got to be alert Hey, if you're there and some of your kids, uh, uh, wake up. Come on, wake up. Mikey, wake up. Everybody wake Set up straight. Be alert. Look, look what he says in Matthew 24. You may have, I got to go back there myself. Go back to Matthew 24 because he addresses this issue of spiritual slumber or sleeping or not being alert. Matthew 24, verse 36. And here's what he says. But of that day and hour, speaking of the return of Jesus, so much there. I, hey, listen. I'm not trying to put all this eschatology into place for you. I'm trying to give you last day's directives from the words of Jesus, from what's written and read to his disciples about how we are to be in these last days. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding in the mill and one will be taken and the other left. In verse 42, here's the point. Watch therefore, watch therefore, 
For you do not know what hour or season the Lord is coming. That word watch, it means to keep awake. Don't slumber spiritually. Don't fall asleep when you need to be awake. Stay spiritually keen and spiritually alert. And this last hour, don't, as I said, don't just suck up to Netflix. Suck up to the Word of God and the prayer and your prayer time and be, be in tune and spiritually awake. You know, in this last week of the life of Christ, Jesus took some of his closest disciples up to the mountain. He said, You stay here and watch and pray. Stay alert with me. I'm going to pray. And you know, he prayed if it was possible three times if God would take this cup away. But God had a plan, God had a will. Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be, be done. But in that process, he would come back to his disciples, and he found them asleep. And he said, could you not tarry with me one hour? Couldn't you, in my darkest moment, could you not stay spiritually alert? Listen, in this dark time, in this uncertain time that all of us are experiencing, we can't be lackadaisical spiritually. We can't be slumbering spiritually. We've got to stay awake. Wake up. Somebody say, wake up. Come on now. Set up. Wake up spiritually. I'm t- I sp- wake up now. Come on. Let me show you one more verse. I'm almost done, but don't miss this one. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he's speaking of the last days. Everybody say last days. He's speaking of the day of the Lord. And verse 1, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you you yourselves know, that's verse 1, perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. I just read about it. One in the field, one taking, one left, one grinding, one taking, one left. He said, for when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, he's talking to the brethren, I hope that's you, but you, brethren, listen carefully, are not in the darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are sons of light and sons of day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, listen, we're talking about being alert. Therefore, again, when you see the therefore, you go back and see what the therefore is there for. Because of this understanding that the Lord, the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. Therefore, uh, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. So on, so forth. Wake up. Jesus says this to his disciples. You have to stay spiritually in tune. You can't be spiritually slumbering in the season we are in right now. So therefore, keep awake. Amen. Somebody say amen. God bless you today. We're going to pray together. We're going to ask God to help us embrace these last day's directives for all of us, these are not optional. We've got to be discerning. The, the deceiver is running rampant across our world. We've got to be fearless, people of faith, not fearful. We've got to be persevering. I'm not going to, hey, I'm not giving up. I'm pressing through. I'm enduring. God's going to save me through all of it. He's going to protect me, deliver me. We got to, hey, we got to be evangelistic. We, we can't keep our head in the sand. We got to reach out to people who are lost and without Christ and share the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. And for goodness sake, we need to be, we must be spiritually awake in this season. So today, oh, next week, five more of these. These are not my words. These are Jesus' words. This is Jesus' directives to his disciples in the last week of the life of Christ. Don't miss next Sunday. We'll be right back here. We may have some live worship. We're working on that. Uh, We don't have it all figured out, but we're working it out. And so we may have some live worship next week. We've got some 
freedom from our uh, own. I won't go there to be able to do that. Uh, But today, let's pray together. Let's agree together. Let's come together and ask God. Come on, let's pray. Take your family by the hand, wherever you are. you, uh, You may even be driving down the road. Pull over. Let's pray. Let's call out to him. Jesus. Jesus. We lean into you in this season of insecurity. When question marks abound in our lives. When our world has been rocked. And things aren't turning out the way we thought. We lean into you today. Lord, we know we've got to guard our hearts from the deception of the enemy and not let the deceiver and the false prophets, people who don't have our best interest at heart, evil people, evil spirits, try to come in and lead us away from that narrow pathway of life. Father, I pray for my friends and family. Pray you'd guard them, keep them, protect them, Lord. And God, may they, may we be fearless and not be troubled. May we embrace the promise that even through the trouble, we can be of good cheer because you have overcome the world. And God, me personally, I just confess to you that I'm going to persevere. I'm going to endure the process. I'm going to stand strong to the best of my ability, holding on to your hand. And I trust you for protection, for provision and deliverance and healing in my life and in my family. I want to do the will of God today, Lord, and then ultimately receive the promise. And today, as we, many of us sit in the comfort of our own homes, let us continue to be evangelistic, to reach our world, to look for people who are lost and fearful and share the good news. Oh, in this world where we don't see a lot of good news, let the good news of the saving grace of Jesus Christ abound throughout the land. Father, let us be alert. Let us not fall asleep or slumber. Let us stay in tune. So you can use us. Let us watch and be sober today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh my goodness. Somehow I just feel that God is moving in your life. Not only in your life, but in your family and your friends. And this moment of miracles taking place all across the land. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, there you go. The strangest, possibly even maybe the most productive Sunday morning I've ever experienced. We'll be right back here next Sunday. God bless you. Thank you so much. And remember, hey, fear not. God bless. Have a great day. Amen.